You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Last week, um, the Holy Spirit spoke to us about two people who have vision spots in their eyes and both got healed instantly. In that moment, my mom being one of them and then another amazing young lady, which I don't know her name, don't know if you're here. Was that you? Awesome. How good is... Are you uh, are you in military fatigues? Thank you for serving. You're amazing. You're amazing. So good. We love you. If you got sick friends, bring them to church. <laughs> right? If they don't get healed on the way, they'll get healed here. Amen? Come on. Um, I, I'm going to get ready to get in the Word. I'm, I'm excited for this in the time that I have left. 15 minutes plus a little bit of prayer time, so it'll be good. I'll have the, the team. Let me read this first, and then the team can go, because it'll sound more spiritual when the worship team's behind me. Joshua 3, verse 5. I love this verse. It says, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for your healing touch already. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace. You are the healer. You are the restorer. And today, God, we lean into this call to consecrate. We lean into this call to purity. We lean into this call to holiness tonight. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Give it up for our worship team. Thank you guys so much. I'm going to preach a message called Unholy Harmony. Unholy Harmony. If your name's Harmony, it's nothing personal. Unholy Harmony. This is kind of a new, a new message, a new topic for me to lean into. But as I was praying for tonight, I just felt the Holy Spirit say, talk about purity. And call them to purity. And it's a call to myself. It's a call to every single one of us in here. And, and a lot of times that word in the Bible when you hear that consecrate, yourselves or they consecrated something, usually what it means, what it's referring to is purification and separation, right? So it's saying, hey, I want you to consecrate. That means I want you to separate something out. I want you to purify it. And that's the whole concept of it. So whenever God is is wanting to do something and he's wanting to advance, a lot of times you would see that in, in this situation, God is telling Joshua to consecrate the people because they're about to step into the promise. They're about to step into something unique. They're about to step into all that God has for them. And so in this moment, in this call, God is is speaking to Joshua and saying, listen, it's time to purify the people. It's time to call them to another level of purification, another level of holiness, another level of stepping into purifying and and kind of breaking off all of those things that had kind of messed with them, had gotten tacked onto their life. And I'm going to explain that as we go a little bit. But he calls them to this moment of consecration. And I believe that God is calling you and me to that. I, I feel like we're in a season where God is taking us to some new levels. Come on, somebody. And literally, I saw Pastor Matt Michaela's new uh, road truck, and my life went to a new level just looking at it, okay? It was so super jacked high that my Prius could drive under it, you know what I mean? So it's it's cool, because I saved 
even more gas mileage by just coming underneath his truck, and then we drive to the river. So it's, it's kind of like a Transformers thing. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Pastor Michael, you probably weren't supposed to talk about the whole Prius thing that he said earlier. That was his inside voice, but that's fine. I'm a little hurt, but thank God that there's healing power here tonight. So... You know, I think for us individually, I think us as a whole church, and I feel like us right now as we're at this, this kind of edge of the water, so to speak, of stepping into having two campuses up here in the North County, I just feel like God is saying it's time to consecrate yourselves at another level. It's time to purify. It's time to separate yourself out for a new level, a new work, a new purpose that God has for you. And I, I believe that throughout our lives there are different points and different times where God is going to call you to to that. And, and try not to get too nervous because I think anytime we start talking about purification and consecration and holiness, it was like, oh my God, you don't know what I did last night. You know what I mean? Everyone's getting all like super conscious and, and feeling all worked up about it. But I, I just tell you, it's one of the most beautiful things that God calls us to. And it's one of the most powerful things that us as believers get the opportunity to is to continue to pursue God, live a holy life, live in purity, walk that out. Because it's not just purity for the sake of, you know, uh, God just trying to put rules on us. There's power in it and there's purpose in it. And I remember one of the first times God really kind of called me to kind of sort of this next level of Christian living because you and me get saved and initially like sanctified and purified by the blood of Jesus, right? It's not my good works. It's not your good works. We come to Jesus. He heals us. He, he, he saves our soul. Our eternity is in heaven. But then sanctification is not only a, a moment at the cross, a moment when Jesus saves me, but it's also an ongoing process that happens, right? So I get saved, but then I'm being saved every day. I'm being transformed. I'm being renewed. I'm, I'm becoming more like Christ on an ongoing basis. And it was one of these moments when I was uh, still in my mother's house. And uh, now I got to tell stories with my parents here. It's a lot easier when they're not here to tell stories uh, from, from the good old days. And now it was one of these moments we're getting ready for a camping trip and we're inside the house. There's six of us kids and mom is just ultra hospitality, always next level. always got everything prepared and, you know, got the cooler out and getting all the sandwiches and getting everything dialed in. And I remember uh, probably us kids, we were being a little bit lazy. We were probably chilling on the couch, waiting for mom to get done packing. You know what I mean? And it was like, hey, mom, you know, I thought you said we're going to leave early for this camping trip. And she's hustling and trying to get all put together. And we're getting ornery and kind of whiny like kids can from time to time. And we're just like, you know, nagging on my mom. And finally, she does one of those moments. You know how like when you're with your mom and if you remember those days where, you know, all of a sudden something kind of flicks a switch, you know what I'm saying? And like moms go from sweet and kind and like their kind of eyes glass over a little bit and something different changes on the inside of them, you know? And then, and then, uh, and then she goes, you know, ah! something like that. And we're like, oh my God, what's wrong? And she goes, you don't love me. Whoa. Mom, you can verify this later, but right now I'm talking, so I don't know. I don't know what all was said. You don't love me. We're like, Mom, Mom, of course we love you. Why would you say that? What's going on? You don't love me. You're like, Mom, what's going on? She goes, nobody helps me. 
nobody helps me. And we're like, oh my gosh, mom, mom, all you got to do is ask. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just got to ask us. And then she, I don't know if you've ever heard your mom do this one. This one just, I don't want to have to ask you. I want you to want to help me. You're like, Oh, man. <laughs> I want you to want to help. So it was kind of one of those moments. And I decided to head, out, head outside, hopefully after I helped. Can't remember that part. A little fuzzy on the details. And um, so I'm out there, and we had upgraded from, like, tent camping to uh, camper pop-up trailer tent camping. Come on, somebody. And uh, so I'm out there chilling in the camper kind of as, you know, the hustle and bustle and insanity is kind of happening on the inside of the home. And, and, I'm, and I'm there because, and I just decided to come to pray. I'm going to lean in. It was in a moment where I felt like, man, I, I knew God at, that, at a young age and I was following him. But I, I just knew there were some areas of my life that were not on track. They were not what I wanted, the way maybe I was treating people, the way I was uh, you know, li- not listening to what I felt God prompted me to do. And, and just, I was in this moment where I'm just feeling like, God, you know, you know, what, it, what's it going to take? And, and, you know, God help me to really kind of live for you and follow you. And I, you know, in, in a, a lifetime now of following Jesus, I'm 38, 30, I'm 38. Hence I'm getting close to 40. So I have to ask that question now. And uh, so I'm 38. I'm, I mean, I'm not as old as John Day. You know what I'm saying? But because uh, he is 40, bless his heart. Is he doing bathroom break? Is he on a bathroom break? Okay. Well, he's, I don't know. He's 40 now. I don't know how that works. I don't know. Bless his heart. Um, <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, I just, I'm praying. I don't know what I was talking about, but I'm praying and I'm seeking God. And, and I, I haven't had a lot. Oh, hey, okay, now, okay, hey, Bryce. You're young, you're young. Um, so I'm in this moment where, you know, I say, you know, I'm praying, and there hasn't been a lot of times where I felt like, um, God, like really, like I heard him. You know, most of the time you feel God speaking to you, and I, I feel like I heard God say, Samuel. I love you no matter what. He said, but, he said, but if you give me everything, then I'll use you more than you could ever imagine. And it was in that moment where it was like a consecration kind of moment. Saying, listen, I love you. I've saved you. I've redeemed you. You're my son. But if you're willing to, to set some things down, if you're willing to, to let go of some things, if you're willing to consecrate, if you're willing to give me everything, watch what I could do in your life. Well, watch the transformation that could happen. In every single one of our lives, this journey of following Jesus, when, when we begin, we're, we're saved and we're redeemed and our future is set, but there's a constant call. There's a constant you know, engagement with our Father where he's just going, listen, I love you. And I'm going to love you for the rest of your life right where you are, but there's more. (laughs) If you want it, if you want it, there's more. If if you're willing to keep consecrating, if you're willing to keep stepping towards me, if you're willing to keep living a life of purity, if you're willing to keep chasing after me, I've got more for you. I've got more than you can imagine. I've got more in store for you. Don't don't feel like you've got to settle for where you're at right now. God has more in mind. God has more in mind. 
So let me, let me read um, a few verses out of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 14. And I feel like this kind of unpacks it. I'm going to try to try to crush through this as, as fast as possible here um, so, we, so we can pray together. Because I, I, want, I want to create a space where you can run to Jesus tonight and really kind of come to the altar, okay? So 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14, it says this, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Or what harmony, everyone say harmony, what harmony is there between Christ and Belial, or basically Jesus and the devil, right? Christ and Satan. What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them. I will be their God. They will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. This has a fun little note. Lord Almighty means master. Almighty means that he has all the power, right? So he is the master who has all the power. Uh, so when he puts that, it's like the ultimate boss move signature, all power. I have it all. I own it all. I got it all, right? All powerful. He's the all powerful one. And in this, in this few verses, it's, it's really powerful. It can be convicting, which is okay. You know, conviction's okay. The Holy Spirit challenges us convicts us, calls us to another level, calls us beyond where we are, calls us to consecrate ourselves, purify our life, to follow Jesus. And as we do that, he's, he's really calling us to level up. We like levels here. Come on, somebody. He's really calling us uh, to that next level. But let me, let me talk through a couple of these verses because it's really powerful. And first of all, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. So you may not know what that means, but basically the yoke is the connector between two oxen when they're like pulling something. That wood brace is what goes over the neck. And so it's a metaphor of basically saying, listen, if, you're, if you have a tall ox and a short ox, it doesn't work, right? So you need, to have a, you need to be on the same page. This whole thing is not just about relational purity, but this is a really great note just for a moment that if, if, you're, if you're considering dating uh, somebody who's not passionate for Jesus like you are, I would highly encourage you to not, okay? So I don't know how to more strongly say it's a bad idea. Literally, climbing Mount Everest barefoot would be better than dating an unbeliever. Is that harsh enough? I don't know. But, but sometimes, sometimes you have those cool stories where like, oh man, it was so cool. I got them to come to church. Their life got radically changed. That is a very small percentage. It's a very small percentage of the time. Usually the other way happens and your life gets train wrecked. Off track, off course. So it's, it's, it's an exception to the rule when missionary dating works out, okay? Rather than the rule. 
Yeah, you got a couple exceptions. It's amazing. But you also had great pastors who you brought right into the mix to help vet through the process. It wasn't like you just went running off together and be like, sweet, she's going to come to Christ. It's going to be amazing. You had the right house, the right environment. So yes, <laughs> that's an, uh, an unbelievable story, but it's also only that way because of the community of faith that they're surrounded around. And, and if, if you don't have that kind of setup, then you're setting yourself up for failure as well, okay? So don't be yoked together on a believer. Don't partner up with it. And it's really, he's, he's kind of building something here about kind of this light, dark kind of situation. God's kingdom versus the kingdom of darkness. He says, don't be yoked together with unbelievers. For who, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? The answer is nothing, nothing. We live in a world that wants to kind of coexist, right? Where it's just go, well, you know what? Really between us and other religions, it's just like little differences. So it's, is it really that big of a deal? Yes. Is it really? Yes. The answer is yes. It is a big deal. It's massive because it's wickedness versus righteousness. So if, if I attempt to make an agreement with sin, if I attempt to make a partnership with unrighteousness, if I attempt to coexist with sin in my life, I'm fooling myself. There is no agreement there. It doesn't work very well. It doesn't work very well in my life to try to be kind of a Christian, but also kind of not. It doesn't work for me to attempt to live for Jesus half-heartedly. I love what somebody said. When you, when you try to live for Jesus easily, it's hard in the sense if you try to live for Christ on your own terms, your own way, how you want it, it actually gets really difficult. But if you live for God hard, as in you go all in, if you go all in for Jesus, then it's easier. There's actually a flow that happens when you go all in in your relationship with Christ. So he goes on to you know a few of these other verses. He's kind of communicating this. He says, what harmony is there between Christ and the devil? What harmony is there? I just thought about that, especially in, in the world that we live in. We always just want to, you know, hey, we just want to keep the peace. We, we don't want to create waves. Uh, I don't want to judge you. I don't want to try to tell you something's wrong. I, I don't want to be seen as a Christian who doesn't believe in or, or endorse everybody. So I'm just going to try to ha- live in harmony. There's a difference between being at peace with just people in general. But do not assume that you can actually live in harmony with sin in your life. It actually doesn't work. It's incongruent with who I am. And I, I thought to myself, when you think about when you, when you try to live at harmony with, with sin, there is, there is no harmony there. It usually looks something like I've started to kind of compromise my values a little bit. Right? It usually looks like, man, you know what? I used to not watch this kind of show, but all of a sudden now, I mean, it's not that bad of a show. You know what I mean? I mean, that music isn't that bad or that situation or that conversation or that club or that situation. It's not that bad. And before you know it, I once was consecrated. I once was saying, Jesus, you're the only one in my life. But now all of a sudden I've tried to create harmony with two different worlds that I'm living in. I understand this isn't maybe like the funnest thing to talk about on a Sunday night. Thank you for coming back for it. Because maybe I'm stepping on some toes, but I hope you understand the reason why I'm doing this is because I want your life to thrive. 
I want you to live in, in peace. I want you to live in strength. I want you to level up. I want your life to go to the next level. But the only way for us to do that is when we actually fully give ourselves to following Jesus and not attempting to do a, a double standard kind of life. I, I've got to constantly purify. I've got to constantly consecrate my life to saying, Jesus, I'm set apart for you. And, and here's, here's why he says that when he gets down a little bit further, he, sa he says, uh, what agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? And then he goes, for we're the temple of the living God. Imagine if during worship here, somebody just decided to kind of bring up maybe a statue of Buddha. You know what I'm saying? Maybe some type of Hindu God situation going on. We're just all worshiping, but we just have other forms of worship, other gods up here on the worship stage as well. How many know none of us in this room would be down for that? You know what I'm saying? If you came down and put a little boot on the stage, we'd be quickly helping you out. <laughs> or at least for sure your statue. Well, we get you delivered on the way out. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we, we'd be helping with that. But in our lives, he goes, listen, just like you wouldn't be okay with worshiping multiple gods in the temple of God, he goes, you're the temple. So don't, don't let multiple kind of worship try to come out of your life. Man, I worship Jesus. He's the only one that I worship. He's the only one that I praise. So I can't let other things come into my life. So that, that's just that question that we have to kind of constantly ask ourselves is, have I let somebody else on the worship stage of my heart other than Jesus? You know what I mean? If I, I would never allow it here, but have I allowed it in here? Have I allowed it? And you know what? Let's be real. We all have from time to time. We all have. And this is why God keeps calling his people, hey, consecrate yourselves again. Hey, it's time to purify. It kind of reminds me of, you ever uh, do laundry? Anybody? Um, Pretty common, pretty common thing. So, you know, you're drying. You wash, then you dry. That's usually the sequence, right? Okay. And uh, so when you dry something, you do multiple rounds of drying. Have you ever then dried a load of laundry, and then you go to pull it out because the timer says it's done, but it's still wet? You're like, oh, what happened, you know? And then you realize, you know what? I forgot to empty the lint thing. Whatever it's called, you pull that lint thing out, and you're like, it's a blanket in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can curl up in it, snuggle with it. You know what I mean? You wouldn't want to. No. Right. You don't recommend that. Bliss tried it. it doesn't, it's not good. It, it disappears and disintegrates. It's weird. You know what I mean? Don't do that. But usually what happens, right, is that dryer needs a lint change from time to time, and then what happens, then that airflow comes again. It works at its optimal, optimal performance. And you know what? You and me get a little bit like that. From time to time, because of the world we live in, maybe the workplace environment, but maybe, maybe even sometimes our home environment where there's just, you know, not everyone in our home is, is living for Christ. Not everyone in our workplace is living for Christ. Not everybody in our college or our school is living for Christ. We can end up getting like that lint dryer. So when I'm calling you to say, come on, guys, let's lean into purity. Let's step up to another level of consecration. This isn't about me going, man, I bet there's one or two in here that ain't living for Christ, and we're going to pick them out. No, it's going, all of us in this room need from time to time to come down to the altar and get a little fresh consecration, a little fresh purification, saying, God, clean out that lint dryer in my heart. 
clean out that lint dryer of my heart. I've, I've gotten caught up in some stuff. I've gotten distracted by some things, and I need, I need a fresh clean. I, I, I need to be purified again. And, and watch that God oftentimes will do that when he's ready to take you into a new season. He'll oftentimes do that when he's trying to call you out. He's trying to call you up. He's trying to promote you. He's trying to bless your life. He's going to say, listen, I want to I wanna work through you. I want, I want to see you kind of run at another level at your optimum design, but I need you to clean out that lint dryer, okay? I need you to make some little tweaks there because the world has kind of got on you a little bit. The world kind of got you dirty a little bit. It's just time to purify some things. And when we do that, we'll find a fresh new strength. We'll find a, a fresh kind of wind at, at our sails where we're stepping in alignment with God's word again. Because when God calls us to consecrate, he does it for, for kind of two main reasons. One is he, he wants to be close to you. That's the heart of God. Remember at the very end of these, these verses, he says, come out from them and be separate, touch no unclean thing, all that. But why does he say it? I will be a father to you. You'll be my sons and daughters. It wasn't so that he's not trying to call you out because he's mad at you. He's calling you to a new level of purity because he loves you. Because he knows you got some lint in that lint trap and it's time to get it cleaned out. It's time to get it cleaned out. He loves you too much to leave you in your mess. He loves you too much to leave us in our bad habits and our bad thinking and our bad, you know, kind of maybe scenarios where we keep putting ourselves again and again and find ourselves caught up and trapped up by sin and by dysfunction. And he loves you. So, he, you know, that, that sin, he, he, it can end up creating this funk between you and, you and God. You ever had a disagreement maybe with a friend or, or your spouse and you get in the car and it hasn't been dealt with and there's just like that atmosphere in the car. I mean, Katie and I have only had that about a few thousand times. You know what I'm saying? Like over the years of our marriage where I've done something dumb, haven't done something good, whatever it is. And, uh, and then we get into a moment where it's undealt with and, and then someone's got to finally kind of go, hey, I'm sorry, and, and kind of resolve it, deal with this barrier thing. And Jesus loves you. He gave everything for you. He saved your soul. But then when you sin, sometimes we don't want to go to God with it. We don't want to ask him to get rid of it in our life. And we're nervous, but then we create this funk and we feel like, man, I feel God's distant. I don't know. And, and why can't I feel his presence? You probably got a little funk in your life, you know? Probably got a little lint dryer buildup, you know? You probably got some sin that needs to get dealt with, you know? And God is so good at just purifying it. He's so good at removing that. All you gotta do is say, hey, God, help me. Hey, God, forgive me. You know, Jesus, man, if you confess your sin, the Bible says he's faithful and just to cleanse us and purify us from all unrighteousness. How good is God like that? How good is, he came to set us free. He came to forgive us. But then that, that other reason why, why we, we purify our lives is because we run at optimal performance when we are in harmony with God's word versus an unholy harmony with a world system. God, God is not just up there creating rules. He's got a, he's, the book, the Bible, is, is the perfect manual for how you and me run at optimal. When, when you get a new car, it's gonna tell you what kind of fuel to put in it. 
You know, you can put other kinds of fuel, but if you want it to run at optimal level, you put in the fuel that the manufacturers tell, told you to put in it. It's the same thing with God's word. A lot of times as Christians, I'm trying to follow Jesus, putting the world's fuel into my life and wondering, why isn't it operating? Why is my life not thriving like everybody's talking about? Got to put the right fuel in. Got to put the right fuel in. You got, you got to begin to come into harmony with God's word and God's, God's purposes. And sometimes you may not even realize, you may not even realize what, what, uh, why your life isn't working. And, and that's because maybe you don't yet know what all is in God's word. And the more you engage the Bible, the more you meditate on God's word, you begin to find the fuel coming in. You begin to find the strength being restored. You be, as you sort of leave what the world has to offer and, and follow what Jesus has for you, you'll find your life thriving and surging forward. And let me just kind of end, end by this. I actually had three points. There's a lot of notes here. I told everybody that I train how to preach. Don't bring more notes to the table than you're ready to preach. But, you know, this is what happens sometimes. You know, there's one part of this verse that almost kind of makes me nervous for a while. And as I was studying it, here's what helped me. When it says, touch no unclean thing. That almost seems like a pretty intense standard. Like, geez, like nothing, like never. Like, how am I going to live my life without ever touching something? I mean, you bump into something just accidentally and you got a dirty mark on you somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, ah, how did I wreck my shoes? I didn't even know what I touched something. But this says touch no unclean thing, but actually when you look into it, what it's speaking more towards is attachment. Not just like you're bumping something, but it's actually saying don't attach yourself to sin. Don't be attached to it. You and me, most of us in the room, you've got a heart after God, that's why you're here. And so you're, you're every day you're working on new ways, saying, I wanna follow God, I wanna honor God with my life, I'm going after it. and. And you're, you're learning how to detach from the world and attach to the things of God. And this is the process of purification. And here's what I want to encourage you, probably the, the thought I'll leave, leave you guys with, you know, in, in this, this concept, is that purifying yourself and consecrating yourself is a, is a lot more about what you're attaching to and a lot less about being so nervous about all the dysfunction in your life and go, I got to get all cleaned up. I got to get all cleaned up. Actually, I want you to just focus more on attaching your life to Jesus. And the more I worship him and the more I spend time in his word, the more I attach myself to the word of God, the more I attach myself to the people of God, right? I'm going to find my life finding purity, finding hope, finding healing, finding strength. And there, before you know, you're going to be walking and it'll be like, like, it'll be months, it'll be years since the last time you found yourself in one particular maybe pitfall or another, you go, man, how did this happen? How did God, man, God purified your life by transforming it little by little, little by little. The more you attach your life to Jesus, the more you detach from the sin and the distractions and the dysfunctions. Because you know, Hebrews 12 says, it's not just about sin, like when you're directly violating God's word, but it's also these, these things that can entangle us, these weights, these things that can trip us up. Sometimes it's distractions as much as it is sin in our life that have distracted us from the presence of God, that have kind of tainted our life, that God is chasing other things. And tonight, Jesus is calling you to another level of purification. He's calling me. He's calling me. I feel like the last four or five years, there's been a lot of these little moments where God has said to me, you've tried to make harmony 
with harmful thinking and sinful thoughts, and you can't do that. I, f- I feel like God called, called me to another level of purification where it was like, it was just going, listen, I, I need to fully reject that rather than trying to like live with it. I need to reject it and remove it, right? I need to detach. I need to attach to what God has for me. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.